You're listening to the Bible Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Perguson, along with professors Jerry Hollinger and Rick Kleiner. The Bible Guys is a podcast focused on knowing God better through what he has written. You can find out more by following us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Bible Guys Pod. You can also connect with us via email at BibleGuysPodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to another week. This week, we've decided to discuss a passage in Hebrews that I think will have a lot of significance for today's age. Um, Rick, do you want to talk about that that passage? Yeah, I, I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, here's why I'm going to bring it up a little bit. We Maybe our listeners, and, and when this podcast is being recorded and being put out there, again, we're still here in North Carolina. We're still under phase two. I believe phase two is us. And, um, and there's discussion across the, the nation right now, and I'm talking about the United States, of, about churches um, meeting in person versus just continuing to meet online. And uh, right now, there's kind of a, uh, I'm going to use the term, a Twitter beef, which isn't a real beef at all, um, over between certain groups. Some are saying, we're going back in defiance of the government. Um, and then there's groups that are saying, uh, no, we're going to stay at home. Um, not because we want to serve the government or we want them to tell us what to do, but rather, you know, we want to be good citizens to our members, our congregation, to the, to the world at large um, due to COVID-19 restrictions. And so, and, and, and again, those were the two um, kind of extremes maybe, and there's everybody on the spectrum in between on that. But what we do hear a lot of is the understanding of the passage in Hebrews chapter 10, specifically verse 25 where um, it talks about not forsaking to assemble, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves. And that's kind of being used as the, we have to defy uh, any restrictions because we are not to forsake the assembly of ourselves. And so you, you just kind of get into this. And we understand, um, you know, Jerry and I understand that this is going to be, no matter where you land on this, uh, we're going to make some people happy and some people angry, or we're going to make both groups angry. That's kind of Sometimes that's where we want to do. We want to make them both mad at us. But um, we, we understand that. We're going to just kind of try to tackle, discuss this passage. We've had a little bit of discussion before we started, but not a lot. But we'd like to talk about, have we even got this passage right when it talks about forsaking the assembly of yourselves? Did, what is it really talking about? What's going on in the passage? And just kind of like what we like to do, we want to look at the background and kind of take a look at it. I'm really glad you framed it that way because when you texted me, that this is what you wanted to talk about. I was excited because I really love the book of Hebrews, and so I like this passage in Hebrews. But I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't have an answer, and I don't know that I really have a definitive opinion on what churches should particularly do or not do in this situation. I, I think it's just a call up to them. So I guess I I feel I don't have any authority to comment on that, but I, I am looking forward to discuss this passage and see, you know, how does this relate to the issue? And, and maybe it doesn't even relate at all based on our interpretation. So, yeah, and I'm ready to go with this one. I think it was a great idea. All right. So Devin, if you'll be our guy, if you'll read us Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 19 through 25 to keep the, um, the context. Yeah. Starting in verse 19, it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, 
by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and the assurance that faith brings. Because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water, and let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we, that we confess. For the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so because you see the day drawing near. So I think, uh, once again, you read a NET there, if I'm not mistaken. I, um, I, was fo- I was following along in the HCSB. And the way that verse 25 read in the HCSB, it said, uh, do not, uh, sorry, not staying away from the worship meetings. Um, so it's like, okay, what is this passage talking about? Uh, so anyway, as we go through this, we, we need to, to really understand any, as we've talked about here before, to understand any passage, you have to look at the overall context. So we have to ask ourselves, what's going on? in this passage yeah this this passage this the section you read devon is is gonna as we'll see it'll flow nicely as to what verse 25 is talking about and then i would take this paragraph and even put it in the larger setting where in my considered opinion the writer of hebrews is addressing jewish christians And these Christians are being persecuted. And a lot of what is going on in Hebrews is the writer is trying to persuade them to continue with Christ, even though it may not abate the troubles they are facing. And that's going to be a critical feature to bring to this passage. First of all, to understand we're talking about Christians here. And second, we're talking about the temptation which they are facing as they are dealing with persecution. And um, before we came on, Rick, you were talking a little bit about what that temptation was they were facing. So, yeah, what we're talking about here are these are Jewish Christians who um, this book written around 66 A.D. So they're dealing with temptations. And when I say the word temptations, we're talking about social pressure in some ways to go back to Judaism, to go back to the way um, they were before Uh, kind of abandoning this idea of Jesus being the Messiah and going back to Judaism due to pressures from family, pressures from their culture. Um, You see that. And it's, it's, it's all through the book of Hebrews. That's where in, um, in the passage in, I believe it's chapter two or chapter three, where he talks about not drifting away, not going back to Judaism. Uh, we don't want, we want to avoid, he's telling him we want to avoid going back and not, um, and, and not staying the course where you're at. And that, that's a very important understanding in this passage, uh, what's happening here. He's, he's, when he says, let's spur one another on, meaning let's keep each other in this group. Let's, let's don't, let's make sure, let's don't leave anybody behind. Uh, let's keep each other together. Let's make sure we're working and serving and helping one another so that we don't go back to that old way of living. That's why he's using that passage. If you look at verse 24, I'm reading at HCSB, it says, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. Um, not staying away from worship or worship meetings as some habitually do, 
but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it's the idea of almost like, um, uh, I'm going to use the illustration of like a sheepdog. It's staying behind the flock, keeping everybody together, making sure we don't drift away and don't go back. Um, and so you see that kind of language being used all through the book of Hebrews. And that's what's really being kind of encouraged here is that they're, they're not drift, they're, that they're not going back to their old life of Judaism. Now, um, sometimes people, we, we had a podcast about this recently um, where we talked about another section of Hebrews um, in this idea of, of what does it mean to, to fall away? What does it mean to go back or to drift off? And, um, and so the idea is he's trying to warn them from defecting is the better, better way of using it defecting from Christianity, defecting from this following Jesus as the Messiah and going back into Judaism. And there's passages that talk about in this, in Hebrews, it says destruction may come. And we've, we talked about that in a previous podcast about that, not referring to losing your salvation, but referring to here's a, if you're, if you're a Jewish Christian and you're tempted to go back to Judaism around 66 AD, where are you going to worship? Jerusalem and in the temple. And prophetically, Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 24 and 25. We know that in AD 70, the Romans sieged and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And so the idea the author of Hebrews is saying here is if you go back to Judaism, destruction may come. You, you may be a part of that. And, and that may, it's not so much a spiritual life, but more of a physical life. And he's really trying to avoid, keep the people from going to that route and and the whole idea here is, again, to, to keep them from defecting from, from the faith. And the reason that would have been attractive is because primarily the persecution was coming from their Jewish countrymen. So if they defected back to Judaism, then that would cause that source of persecution to stop. So I agree with you that the temptation certainly was to go back to Judaism and the reason there, not just because they were Jewish, but that's, that was the source of the persecution. So they're thinking, you know, I'm not seeing any sign of abatement in this persecution. So maybe if I go back, maybe if I blend back in with where I used to be, then this pressure is going to stop. And I, I think also you gave a nice interpretation of the word, the day, at the end of verse 25, as you see the day approaching. Many have argued that this is a reference to some far-off eschatological judgment, but, but I, really, I really think, and, and looking at the history of this and everything, that the day, as you've said, is that A.D. 70 destruction of Jerusalem. And so he's telling them, you think you have a safe haven if you go back to Judaism. But I need to tell you, that there is actually, you could get caught up in this physical judgment. So this is not the best course of action for you. Stay with Christ. Keep moving forward. Don't defect. Don't go back to Judaism because it will not bode well for you. If you do, you'll get caught in this physical destruction. So the, the next question we want to kind of address in this podcast was, okay, is this then a passage that can be used or should be used to encourage people to meet regularly in a local church setting? Um, so we kind of want to apply that one. So the question becomes, does this passage lend itself to that understanding that 
so when we hear it, like I've heard it more times than I care to admit, and I kind of just cringe a little bit when I hear it, but the phrase, well, the Bible tells us not to forsake to assemble. Yeah, the Bible says that. But again, as, as we've talked about before in previous podcasts, we are reading someone else's mail because of the historical context. And the author of Hebrews is telling these Jewish Christians to not neglect to worship together, but for a different reason, um, for a reason that says, hey, if you, it's the, I, I use the illustration this way, um, the local church, for like, you could say that, the local church is kind of like the anchor or being like, like being tied to a dock. You're a boat out at sea and you're tied to a dock. Like right now in North Carolina, we've got a hurricane um, hitting our coast, going to be hitting our coast soon. Cannot pronounce the name, but it's a hurricane. And um, their boats are going to be anchored, but also tied to docks. Well, well, why is that? Why not just an anchor? Well, the sand shifts and the boat drifts out at sea. But being tethered to the dock keeps the boat there, you know, as long as winds don't get too crazy. It's the same idea. I see the local church as that idea. Uh, the local church is, I'm tethered to the dock. Now, with talking about this issue with the, the Hebrew Christians or the Jewish Christians here, he's telling them priests pointed here, look, don't, don't neglect to meet together so you can continue to spur one another on to not go back to Judaism. So I think, honestly, there can be a both and here in this passage. I, I think primarily he's speaking to Jewish Christians about not neglecting to meet together so that they don't go back to the old way of doing things and what's going to cause them destruction. However, I don't think this is a blanket statement to say if your church isn't meeting right now due to the COVID restrictions, then you are breaking this rule because Hebrews was written in around 66 AD, and the only way they could assemble together was physically. We live in 2020 where we, I mean, even now in this podcast, we're at different locations, but we're assembling. We are assembling here. Now, some might disagree and go, well, you're not assembling because you're not together. Well, is there, is there anything that we're doing in this podcast that's different than we did it in the studio because we're meeting on Zoom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not, there's not. I don't think this passage has any relevance to the discussion. And here's my reasoning. I think every passage has one meaning, but that one meaning can have different applications. Okay. So I think varied applications are appropriate if they are consistent with the one meaning. And the one meaning here is you have people contemplating defecting not from assembling because of the word here is actually a noun they are forsaking the assembly they are not forsaking assembling Mm -hmm. so the idea is they are being tempted to cut themselves off from the assembly now i think there are there could be a lot of different applications for that there could be different contexts in different periods of history, different circumstances, where one might be tempted to cut themselves off from the assembly for various reasons. However, I don't think that's the motivation behind whether people today are talking about, should we gather on Sunday or should we not? I don't think their attitude is considering defecting from the assembly. They're just wondering, 
when we should meet and when we should not meet. So when people do use this passage, my opinion is it isn't appropriate. Kind of, kind of very similar to, you know, I've heard this passage my whole life. Like in the old days, I don't know if churches still do this, but in the old days we met on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And say you met, say you missed Wednesday night, and the pastor would get up and kind of chastise the congregation and say, the Bible says, don't forget, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Well, that's not what the passage is talking about. It's not talking about missing church occasionally. It's not talking about, for health reasons, should I go or should I not go? It's talking about a mentality of people who are contemplating never going again. I'm going to have nothing to do with this anymore. So um, that's my opinion as, as to this. So I, I'm not really sure that I see an application here uh, in the current situation. But again, that, that's just how I'm seeing the, the passage. Yeah, and I would go, maybe not disagreeing, I would say there might be an application, but it's not what people want it to be. So I'll be this guy. Um, I'm with you. I don't think it's, I, I cannot use this and say, there you go. You should be meeting no matter what anybody says. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to go ahead and say this statement. Um, just because a church is not meeting, that doesn't mean they've forsaken the faith. Exactly right. Um, that I think sometimes in our, in our, can I use the phrase, the cesspool that is our social media. Hmm. We, we have this idea that we think people want to hear what we have to say. I mean, even we do on the Bible guys, we kind of think, well, people want to hear this. We don't know if anybody's listening. It might just be three <laughs> guys recording ourselves. This yeah, is five fun. guys may, five guys may like listening. Yeah. yeah th- and this is fun <laughs> for us. Now, yeah. I, I just enjoy it that fine. If it's just us recording out into the, the interwebs and we don't know what's really happening. But we have this, our social media tells us, we, we kind of have this idea. People want to hear from us. They really care. And I don't know if that's actually true or not, because on my side, I've got a lot of friends on social media. and I don't really care what they have to say. I mute most of them anyway, and that includes some family members. Um, but the, this concept that um, you, we have to say something, well, this, okay, because this church isn't meeting, then they're forsaking the faith, but, but we are, amen. Uh, yeah, I don't think you should say that because there could be other reasons why they're not meeting. It could be uh, a lot of different reasons, and it could be, and, ju- and we want to be careful the other side. That it, okay, this church is meeting, so they don't care about each other. They don't care if they die. I don't think that's true either. I think we're being, we're, we're losing the charity, I think, uh, of it all. Um, I've been kind of watching what's happening in our world today, especially in, with, with, in Christian circles and, and with how people are handling different things. And I just, the, the, the phrase that keeps popping in my head is, the love of many will grow cold. And I'm, I'm not trying to be prophetic and say we're living in the end times, but, but if you notice that, it's like, and people just have a, they're ready to pop off at any moment and, and about anything you hold to, because we just feel like our opinions are, they should matter. Like we should say them all the time. And it's just becoming that kind of craziness when we're forgetting the Proverbs of, Hey man, maybe we sh- maybe we shouldn't be a fool and say all that we're thinking. Maybe we yeah, just- I mean, the things we should be debating and discussing have to do with key doctrines of Christianity and what does the text mean, those kinds of things. But this isn't a right or wrong 
issue. No. So if if some pastor decides, hey, you know, we're going to meet. Another says, no, we're not. I mean, that's up to him. Yeah. He's the shepherd of that church, and he's going to answer to God. Really, I have no. I mean, I, I really have no interest to even give an opinion yeah. on that. That That's his business. So I like something you said earlier, Rick. I can't remember if we, we were recording or not. But you just said how in the cur- current day, people are starting to take sides on this. This isn't a thing to take sides on. You know, whatever your situation may be in your church, hey, you know, the, the leadership of the church, they're going to make an intelligent decision. And uh, you decide, you know, do I want to show up or not show up, whatever. But, but again, it's not something to take sides on. It's not something to get mad at people on. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And my concern is what does this text mean? Yeah. And I, I think we've laid it out nicely. And I hope we can come back to this text in future and really deal with it in more detail. But as far as that particular verse, you know, I'm very comfortable that's what the author is saying. And I just don't really, as I said, see a lot of application in the current situation. Well, so like I was saying before I went on my rant, uh, I, I think that the, the application I would hold, to, if I was going to give an application of this for the local church, it would be, okay, so this, this passage was written to encourage the, the assembly to encourage one another to not go back. Um, so my question would then be, how are local churches doing that for their congregations? How am I, as an elder, as a pastor, how am I encouraging my church to be concerned for one another, to promote love and good works in one another, and to um, encourage each other daily, as the text says in verse 25. Mm-hmm. And so if we're meeting, great. You know what? But you can meet as a church. You could be there, every, like you said, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and not be doing that for your congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I, I've seen also where churches you, you're meeting now digitally because of COVID restrictions and you're doing this for one another. Um, I was telling someone just a couple of days ago that due to the fact that these COVID restrictions have restricted what we normally do at church, we've had to think outside the box. And I think I've enjoyed ministry mm-hmm. a lot during this time because it's let us think outside the box. How are we doing? And, and normally we would have maybe a really good idea, but it'd have to run parallel with what we're already doing. Uh, and it would just devote all of our energy to do, to do the parallel. But now we don't have a lot of things over here that we can do. So we have these great ideas. We could put all our energy in it and, and we're seeing some growth from it. We're seeing some fruit and it's like really neat to see how God never stops working, you know? And so, that idea I've enjoyed. And so I think my, my application or my challenge, I guess I would say from this passage is, all right, local church, when you meet, whether you meet digitally or whether you meet in person, are you doing, are you spurring one another on? Are you encouraging one another on? Or are you just attending and people are dropping off by the wayside? Um, you know, what's the phrase? I think that all the church growth guys say that, we make the, the front door as big as we can. We try to make the back door as small as we can. I think sometimes we as churches, we can, we can get so hands off and not be, 
I was so busy doing ministry or so busy doing programs that the back door is open and people are leaving and we don't even know they left. Mm-hmm. That I think is a thing about this passage. Hey, look, if you're not spurring, if you're not encouraging one another, like the sheepdog, keeping everybody together, then, then you're really, you're really missing the point of this passage because you just let everybody out the back door and you miss the whole thing. So I, I, I think this has caused people to be more creative I'm really not a fan of creativity too much when it comes to the parameters of what a church should be doing. But if a church is staying true to their mission, I think there are creative ways to carry out that mission. And, and as you said, um, there are ways to reach people beyond just getting together. And, and I, th- I think that's been great. In fact, as I'm, I'm looking at the passage in front of me, uh, throughout, throughout the passage, he says, let us, three times. Mm-hmm. Verse 22, let us draw near. Verse 23, let, three, let us hold fast. 24, let us uh, consider one another, etc. And then when we get to our 25th verse, really that's a modal idea. How do we stimulate one another to love and good works? Well, in this setting, it was to meet together. But as you've said, um, in our context, that can be carried out in a variety of ways. Now, I still, I still think that the issues are different with this passage and, and our current context. But I do also think, you know, there are other ways to um, minister to people short of actually getting together in the same building. So that's a good thing that's come out of this. I think even in our work situation, I've almost enjoyed my work more the last three months than I did before because you, I've had to find new avenues of connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And that's become much more profitable for me, particularly being more of an introvert kind of person. So, um, yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a valid thing to carry from this also. I'll, I'll mention one quick thing before we, we're still talking about local church activity and things like that. One thing that I've been appreciative of, and I'll just mention our local church, is, uh, okay, so our youth groups haven't been able to meet. Um, so, you know, I've got two kids in, in our youth group. Um, two of our three are in what we call the, the youth program. And so what they started doing was meeting on, they had Zoom meetings. And you're like, okay, well, that kind of would be boring. Well, the person, in char- the youth leader in charge of Zoom meetings, the first week was like maybe 45 minutes, 30 minutes. And it was like, couldn't get anybody moving. So he decided, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's scrap that. Let's have some fun with it. So they started doing games where uh, like one night, um, the youth leader, he, he said, all right, tonight's backpack night. You got to fill your backpack full of household items. And whoever has the most, I'm going to fill my backpack full. Whoever has the, 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 the higher number of the identical things that I have, you win a gift card. And he would, he and his wife came to our, you know, came to houses and like hand out the gift card, socially distance, hand out the gift cards and talk to our students. And it was like really cool to see that they were going for a couple hours doing those kinds of things. And they were doing more than just games. They were talking, they were praying, they were discussing texts, which it was really cool to see. Now in a in-person youth setting, the average, the, the, uh, there might be a child who's like, Hey, I'm not into this. I, I'm just gonna be quiet. But because you're on a Zoom meeting, everybody kind of feels safe. It's like behind the screen kind of thing. I can, I can say something, and I'm not in the room with you, and I don't feel judged. 
physically. So it's kind of opened up conversation. So I'm seeing that happen. Whereas I want to be careful. And here's what I've, I've actually told people. Um, so as a pastor, if after the restrictions are lifted and we just go back to church as normal, I'm going to be so disappointed because we've, we've created some really great ways of discipling people, making disciples. I don't want to go back to just program driven stuff. I don't know. Let's, let's keep what we've got. Let's not let us, maybe we need to pitch some things. I don't think we need to pitch the things that are really working just so that we have what we always have. So, um, so right now, I guess that's where I'm at. I'm like, man, I just see the Lord working, using people, giving, giving ideas and I've seen some cool stuff happen in ministry. Like I said, I've been, like you said, you've enjoyed work. I have too. I've enjoyed ministry probably these last four months more than I have. I mean, in, in, in 12 years. And so it's just because you're, you're having to think outside the box. Like you said, being an introvert, you, you've had to learn new things and, and, and interactions. It's, it's been, it's been more of an enjoyable time. I mean, yeah, it, it forces you to be a little bit more intentional. I think with, yeah. with your, I mean, even us doing this podcast and things like that, having it scheduled and, and things like that, that's been something that's been super helpful for me um, over this past you know, four or five months is just being able to know that I, I have this weekly time with you guys to, to talk and, and, you know, you know, it's, it's better than the four walls. So, yeah. um, I'm treating model guys more like accountability and and discipleship group. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just gleaning from you guys. Well, uh, thank you so much uh, for the discussion today. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to email us at BibleGuysPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at BibleGuysPod. Don't forget to like and share us on your favorite podcast listening service. 